Welcome back to another installment of the podcast for cultural reformation brought to you by the Ezra Institute. This is Worldview Wednesday. Our host for today's episode is Ryan Eras. Good. In that spirit. In the <laughs> in such wise. Yeah. Welcome back once again to the podcast for cultural reformation brought to you by the Ezra Institute, also resident on the Fight Laugh Feast Network. It's good to be back again. This is Christmas week for the podcast. And just so that you're aware, we've all got families. We'll be with them over the Christmas break. We've got some uh some good content to uh, to tide you over if you've got got some travel or got some downtime to uh, to listen over the uh, over the holidays. But we will resume our new episodes in two weeks. Hmm. Or what we got two two weeks yeah. of uh, two weeks of uh, what's it called? What's the good way to put it? Archive content <laughs> to uh, to share with you. Still good stuff. Uh, but Very we'll, good we'll, stuff. We'll be back live uh, after two weeks out. Well, according to the Biden administration, we're not going to make it through the next two weeks. So, oh, that's right. is that right? Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah. We're we're Still looking there. Yeah, yeah, we're looking at a winter of severe illness and death. Really, yeah. Mm-hmm. For us, for our families, and for our hospitals. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is from a press conference back uh, last Friday. I'm surprised well, you missed you know, it, Joe. It's interesting. You, you, I was. Um, <laughs> Uh, I was reading this morning about uh, the fact that scientists in the UK are now calling for uh, uh, a full investigation into the fact that tens of thousands of the elderly died in care facilities during lockdown um, of a broken heart. That's what the article says, of a broken heart Hmm. because of their eyes. Some, Some also left to starve or die of thirst. Because not only were they were they being abandoned um, by the staff, the their relatives weren't allowed in to yeah. visit. Yeah. But hey, that's love of neighbor for you, right? Oh yeah. Love of neighbor lockdown. But uh, let's hope we don't um, end up in in that sort of uh, insanity over this period. Keep on cheering for you. Oh boy. <laughs> oh come, all ye vaccinated. <laughs> in Quebec. Yeah, that's right. Uh, only the vaccinated, right? And then uh, mm-hmm. BC or much of BC. Yeah, that's right. Man- parts of Manitoba. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, what a time to be alive! Oh. <laughs> so this is uh, this is Christmas week, as we've mentioned, and we are coming back once more to some questions. Uh, we've had uh, we've had listeners been submitting questions all throughout. We love hearing from you. We're grateful for your uh, for your listenership and for your support. We're grateful to to just to know that people are out there hearing what's ha- what's happening, seeing mm-hmm. what's going on, right. and th- thinking and looking squinty eyed at it and saying, "This doesn't smell right." Mm-hmm. 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 So that's so that's very encouraging in and of itself, and we're grateful to uh, mm-hmm. 
Yeah, and we made an appeal last week for some feedback, and and we've got emails, uh, really encouraging emails from all over Canada and the United States. Mm. Uh, again, nearly every state. It's really quite that's, something. That's right. Yeah. So, still nothing from Delaware. I mean, Delaware is dead to us Delaware. around here. <laughs> What's up? I'm in Delaware. <laughs> all right. Well, all was right. that a Canadian comedian? Delaware. I think it was. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it is. All right, Delaware, you're on notice. But for the rest of you, thank you very we much. love you, for, Delaware. <laughs> for coming and, uh, and sharing with us. I, wa- I want to open up with one that uh, we just got recently. Uh, there was a tweet just on the weekend from Tim Keller that uh, that a listener uh, sort of copied and sent us in. Uh, the tweet says this, and then I'll read the question. The tweet says, the heart of the gospel is the cross, and the cross is all about giving up power. That's Tim Keller's tweet from December 19th. And then the question goes, this strikes a wrong note with me, this tweet but I can't explain why. You've spoken on the show before about how power is unavoidable, and it seems like Tim Keller is equivocating here between giving up power and, as the Bible says, Jesus humbling himself and becoming obedient unto death. Mm-hmm. So, Joe, can, let's, uh, can we work through, work through this tweet, uh, work through the way that la- the language is being used and what's being communicated here and what this listener is is noticing that's got their antenna up. Mm-hmm. Well, they're right to be sensitive to that. Um, and uh, perhaps if, uh, if you haven't read uh, the, the backstory, uh, if you haven't read Tim Keller on these issues before, um, you might think the comment was um, just not that, uh, not that significant. Yes, you know, power is an issue. Mm. Um, uh, when we reflect on the meaning of the gospel. Um, but of course, f- uh, from our perspective, uh, power is involved, but it's the opposite, I think, of what Keller is trying to communicate there. Some years back, uh, Tim Keller wrote a book actually called Generous Justice. That's right. Mm-hmm. And uh, in my book, Mission of God, um, I extensively critiqued uh, Keller's understanding of justice and um, the the meaning of justice and righteousness, um, and this uh, posture that the gospel is about powerlessness, which is a very uh, common theme among, um, or let's say, left leaning um, theologians, liberation theologians. It's profoundly influenced by um, liberation theology. The influence of Karl Marx is there. Um, That uh, somehow, really, what we have to um, grapple with as we think about the life of Christ, uh, and the and the if you if you think about it in terms of the cross being an example, it's an example of surrender. an example of powerlessness. So I, I, so I won't, I won't go into my extensive critique of Keller um, in Mission of God on his view of justice and righteousness and and, and God's law and the, and the meaning of the gospel. Actually, um, you can get the book though. You, people can get the book. I hope they will for Christmas. Um, 
Shameless. We've, shameless plug. <laughs> <laughs> The get it, get it for below. a friend. Link will be below. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, so the tweet without a context, I'm saying might seem um, innocuous, but actually there is a backstory there for Keller mm-hmm. of uh, what uh, justice is about, what the gospel is about. And this motif of uh, the liberation theologians, the progressive theologians thinking of, uh, the cross in part as the act of a victim, uh, of a martyr, um, of somebody who is um, surrendering all power uh, and giving himself over to evil, uh, as it were, mm-hmm. surrendering to the power of evil. Um, and of course, we we would we could go as far as to say that uh, God's ways in in addressing and dealing with sin have taken on the form of of astonishing condescension uh you know philippians 2 makes it clear that the 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 self-emptying of god the son and his taking the nature of a servant and being found in human likeness he was made obedient Uh, he became obedient obedient even to death upon the cross and therefore god has exalted him so no orthodox christian uh would need to be uh, concerned with recognizing that in Christ's humiliation, there is a, a an almost incomprehensible condesa- con, uh, condescension. That's right. Uh, and his uh, willingness to empty of himself and take the nature of a servant. Mm-hmm. The problem uh, is that this this expression about of of powerlessness. If you just read the tweet again, uh, mm-hmm. the tweet itself. Yeah, so uh, the tweet runs, the heart of the gospel is the cross, and the cross mm-hmm. is all about giving up power. Right. Yeah. yeah. So even if you were to say and caveat that and say, well, it's one of the things, um, I disagree. That You see, that's, that's, the, that's theology there being put to a, um, a peculiar and particular political agenda. Hmm. Um, what uh, Mr. Keller is wanting to say there is that the... The, the model that we're being given in our social relationships, the model that we're being given as we reflect on culture and political life is the giving up of power. That was the way of the cross. And um, fundamentally, I would say that that's wrong. Mm-hmm. Christ's uh, humili- self-humbling in becoming human and becoming obedient to death on the cross is condescension. And I think the the person who wrote in the question, recognized that. That's why they they identified that correctly. But they smelt something wrong with that uh, tweet because the cross isn't about the surrender of power. Mm. And the Bible is explicit about what the cross is actually about. Let's uh, take, for example, John chapter 10, where Jesus talks about this himself. He says in John 10, Uh, beginning in verse 17, he says, this is why the Father loves me, because I lay down my life so that I may take it up again. Uh, He says in verse 18, no one takes it from me, but I lay it down on my own. I have the authority, the right, actually the King James Version says, the power Hmm. to, uh, I have the power to lay it down and I have the power to take it up again. 
I have received this command from my father. So to see Christ as a, a sort of helpless victim uh, here, as some do, and the, 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 the cross being at the heart of the cross or of the gospel being this sort of total surrender of power um, is incorrect. Jesus didn't have his life taken from him. He had the power, the right, and the authority to lay it down. Mm -hmm. And he had the power and the right and the authority uh, to take it up again. And in fact, what's actually going on in the cro at the cross, Paul tells us, and, and this, I think, connects us also to the, to the incarnation in, in Colossians 2, uh, beginning at verse 8, Paul actually cautions us. He says, Be careful that no one takes you captive through philosophy and empty deceit based on human tradition, based on the elements of the world rather than Christ. For the entire fullness of God's nature dwells bodily in Christ. That's what's going on at the incarnation. Mm -hmm. And you have been filled by him who is the head over every ruler and authority. So that's how... That's the Paul now discussing uh, the significance of Christ's incarnation, Christ's person. Um, and then he goes on in verse 14 to talk about what's going on at the cross then itself. And he says, Paul says, beginning in verse 14, he erased the certificate of death of debt with its obligations that was against us and opposed to us and has taken it away by nailing it to the cross. This is what God's doing at the cross through Christ. He disarmed the rulers and authorities and disgraced them publicly. He triumphed over them in him. So what God is actually doing uh, through Christ at the cross is nailing our debt. This is the significance now of Jubilee. You know, this is the, 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 the mission of Christ in, the, the, in delivering the captives, the oppressed. Remember how Jesus described his own mission when he said, the strong man fully armed guards his own house. And uh, he might feel secure like that in the parable that he's telling. But he says, but if one stronger than him if, uh, comes and overpowers him, then he can plunder his house. And this is exactly what is going on in the gospel Satan, the enemy, is being stripped of what he's being conquered. He's being stripped of all his power so that his house can be plundered. And that's what Paul is saying uh, in Colossians 2, that all those principalities, powers, authorities, rulers, they are being stripped of their power in the, through the work of the gospel, through, through the cross. And of course, it's not just through the cross, it's through the resurrection and the ascension to the place of total power and total authority so uh if you took if you looked at the cross in isolation as though jesus were a a, a martyr a sort of gandhi like figure for mm. uh, two thousand years ago and you simply saw himself s see him surrendering himself to wicked men and going to the cross you might say oh the key is powerlessness it's passive surrender to evil but that's not what the bible says is going on at the cross mm -hmm. and that's why jesus at the end at the moment of just prior to his death says tetelestai you know it is finished it's fulfilled everything necessary now for paradise to be restored has been completed it's mm -hmm. done and at that moment 
the, the heavens are shaken, there's an earthquake, the temple curtain is rent from top to bottom. And the centurion, of course, looks up and said, truly this man was the son of God. And it's inevitable then that we move on to day three, to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ mm-hmm. and the shattering of uh, sin and death, the power of sin and death. So it's mis- the tweet's misleading because mm-hmm. it tries to demonize power, which has been uh, uh, a motif of Marxism. Right. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah. Uh, the, that basically reality is about oppressors and oppressed, mm-hmm. um, and uh, we de- reality must be divided up in those terms. And true justice occurs when you have an equalizing, a breaking down of all hierarchy, of all power structure. The state itself eventually disappears, and you've got this sort of utopian um, uh, society of, of perfect social justice. And I think it's a very, very dangerous motive to try and import into uh, the gospel mm-hmm. uh, because the gospel, as we're told, is the power of God unto salvation. Mm-hmm. That's what it is. The gospel is power. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, Christ uh, endured the cross despising the shame because of the joy that was set before him. And that was the conquest, the victory uh, that would be his. I mean, let's just take a look at a couple of, uh, a couple of, of texts. We've mentioned Colossians 2. In First John, the apostle says, for this purpose, Christ was revealed to destroy the works of the devil. Mm-hmm. Period. That's the purpose that he would actually destroy the work, the power uh, of the devil. This is why Jesus is the, is the Lamb of God. He's also the Lion of the tribe of Judah. Mm-hmm. And uh, he will slay the enemy, Paul says, with the breath of his mouth. Um, the apostles, of course, are told um, in, uh, in Acts 1.8 that they will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon them. Um and uh, Jesus actually says to the, the to the disciples in in Mark chapter nine verse one, he says that uh, some of you here will not taste death until you see the kingdom come in power. So we mustn't disconnect the cross from the kingdom of God and the events, the gospel events, uh, the death, the resurrection, the ascension, the session of the Lord Jesus Christ. If we isolate it, we can twist it and turn it into a message of total surrender. Um, In fact, it was Christ with the authority and the power to lay his own life down, the authority and the power to take it up again. And so we are anointed with the Holy Spirit and power. Uh, It's the power then, Paul says, of the resurrection, of course, in Philippians 3, that we participate in. And We don't want to fall into the trap of being those who have a form of godliness, Paul says in 2 Timothy 3.15, but deny its what? Power. Mm. To have a form of godliness, to to look pious, but to actually be denying the the power, the cosmos renewing, Satan destroying, sin busting power Mm -hmm. of the gospel. And that's why uh, Peter is able to say to us in uh, 2 Peter 2, 2 Peter 1 verse 3, that we that the divine power has given us all that we need for life 
and godliness. And in fact, even as we do the work of cultural apologetics as a ministry, and as we pursue that task, 2 Corinthians 10.4 tells us that, that, uh, that the, um, the God has given us the weapons that have divine power yep. to pull down strongholds. Mm. So that motif uh, runs throughout all of Scripture, all of the message of the gospel about this cosmic conflagration that's taking place. And the cross actually is the moment where the enemy and all those powers and authorities are stripped of all of that power. And Christ says, Tatalestai, it's mm. finished. And then the grave is shattered and he ascends into heaven. He sits in the place of all power and authority. And then he sends the spirit of power upon his people in, in Acts chapter 2. So any sort of demonizing of power is mm. a very, very dangerous place to go. So, the, so the, the, the writer of that question is very astute in noticing something a little bit off about what's being said there. They can be forgiven if they don't know the backstory of some of Keller's previous writing on this in Generous Justice. Mm -hmm. But that's where that kind of theme is coming from. Mm -hmm. And I don't think it's a biblical one. And Joe, you've mentioned Marxism and... Um Keller's not alone. We see a lot of prominent evangelicals pushing this idea that power is inherently bad. So, of course, Christ gave up his power. It just fits the narrative. Yep. But I'm wondering if that is um, what's led to, you know, when we think about the incarnation with Christmas coming up, uh, we have no problem uh, talking about the helpless baby, uh, even the condescension uh, mm -hmm. that we see in the incarnation. But we're often missing the power present uh, in the manger. And I wonder if you could speak to that a little bit. Yeah, given it's the Christmas season, I think that's uh, really important to to reflect on as well. Um, the fact that in the incarnation, uh, Christ arrives as a baby uh, in weakness uh, has to do with the fact that that's how human beings arrive in the world. Um, the incarnation would not have struck us as authentic mm -hmm. if... Uh, Christ had merely appeared as a mature man um, and, uh, you know, it would have given a certain amount of weight to doceticism, mm -hmm. you know, these sort of notions that uh, that, that Christ appeared mm -hmm. to be human, right. he, and, um, right. but really, in fact, wasn't truly in the flesh. And that's why the Apostle John, of course, insists that who is the Antichrist, but he who denies that Jesus Christ has come mm -hmm. in the flesh. So uh, it was important in God's economy, that 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 Christ uh, came into the world in humility, uh, in 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 weakness, and through the 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 Virgin Mary, and the the marvel of that whole account of what God is doing, the way He's breaking into history in such power and wonder at the moment of the incarnation, and it's important to 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 recognize again that. Uh, the heavens were filled that night with the angels singing glory to God in the highest and on earth uh, peace to men of goodwill. Because uh, here you have the, the, the incarnation of the Son who is now under the, the divine protection. Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, we see that in the fact that uh, Joseph is awakened in a dream mm. uh, and warned of the, the plot of Herod so that uh, they are not caught in the, the, the massacre uh, 
in in Bethlehem. Uh, you um, you have the, the the marvel that the kings of the east, right. the magi from the east, uh, follow the 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 manifestation of the of the star. Mm-hmm. Some believe uh, perhaps a, um, a coming together of um, Regulus, uh, the, well, basically the king star and the king planet Jupiter, mm. uh, a conjunction perhaps, we can't be certain. Um, but the they who were looking at the stars recognized the significance of this symbol. I'm very fond of the notion that... Um, the, the heavens, actually, what we have with the astrological um, distortion uh, that's been around for millennia mm. uh, in the stars is there's a distortion there of what was, in fact, an original message in the heavens um, about the significance of the king, the king of kings, and the birth of the king. And uh, so I, I don't think it was just a... a, a um, some sort of temporary supernatural mm, star right. that appeared in heaven and disappeared. I think it was a, a conjunction of um, the king star and the king planet. Uh, there's some very interesting work that's been done on all of that. Mm. Uh, but there was a sign in the heavens, and the kings of the east saw it. They recognized it. Mm-hmm. And uh, the magi come to that uh, place where the Lord Jesus is to bring their gold mm-hmm. and their frankincense and their myrrh. So he's being honored Right. Um, by the kings bringing their treasures to him. Right. They're demonstrating their subservience. They're demonstrating right. their yeah, subservience, exactly right, exactly right to, to the king of kings. The heavenly host are declaring his presence. And yes, the shepherd boy is there also, mm. uh, the shepherds with their, with their sheep. Uh, you have the d- deliverance, as I said, of the holy family uh, from Bethlehem. And then when Herod is dead, another messenger uh, comes. They're, they're, they're warned and they're told, it's now safe to return because those who seek the life of the Lord are dead. Yeah. Uh, and so you see um, the child under the, the mighty hand of God's uh, protection, though, even in that moment of the, 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 the there being no room in the inn, the, the stone, uh, the, the, perhaps a cave, a, a stone, a, maybe a stone hut, or possibly it was even a cave of some sort, mm-hmm. uh, where where Jesus Himself was born in that lowly condition. Uh, the, the The point is, there's the power of the contrast. There, you have the King of all kings and the Lord of all lords, who's announced by the angels uh, to the shepherds, and whose star is seen by the kings of the east, the Magi of the east, coming in such a lowly uh, situation. And then the other moments uh, in the in the ministry of Jesus, for example, the, the the entrance into Jerusalem on the the foal of a donkey, mm. on an ass, of course, is is a is is symbolic mm. of that triumphal. We call it the triumphal entry mm-hmm. uh, because it harkens back to the Old Testament and the I think it's the entry of Solomon. Um, the and the 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 anyway, the, it's the entry of the King of Kings. Uh, into the city of the king, Jerusalem itself. And he accepts the palm branches and the, the people laying out their cloaks and waving their palm branches, saying Hosanna yep. to the son of David, uh, the son of David, because he's the king. He's the king of kings. Uh, so if you look at these different key moments in Jesus' life, 
um, moments seen as moments of acts of humility, which in one respect they are, they're also acts of triumph, of power, of glory. Uh, and this is true of the incarnation. And I think it's very significant, and this is often overlooked in the Christmas season, that uh, Mary's uh, song, when mm-hmm. uh, she goes to see Elizabeth, which we've come to know as the Magnificat in Luke chapter 1, um, and it's verses uh, 46 through 55, I think, uh, where Elizabeth makes this exclamation because the Holy Spirit comes on her. She makes an exclamation about the, the, the who is being carried in Mary's womb. And Mary responds with this song of praise, and she says, My soul praises the greatness of the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior, because he has looked with favor on the humble condition of his servant. Surely from now on all generations will call me best blessed because the mighty one has done great things for me mm-hmm. and his name is holy. His mercy is from generation to generation on those who fear him. He has done mighty, a mighty deed with his arm. He has scattered the proud because of the thoughts of their hearts. He has toppled the mighty from their thrones and exalted the lowly. He satisfied the hungry with good things. He sent the rich away empty. He's helped his servant Israel, remembering his mercy to Abraham and his descendants forever, just as he spoke to our ancestors. So you have this tremendous song mm-hmm. of victory yeah. about the mighty God. Yeah, every one of those things that Mary describes needs a unfathomable amount of power mm-hmm. to accomplish. Exactly. Mm-hmm. All these generations uh, mm-hmm. and the the the... The, uh, from Abraham and his descendants forever as he spoke to our ancestors. And this 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 talk here about toppling the mighty from the fr- their thrones yeah. and exalting the lowly, it's actually interesting that um, not long ago in, in parts of Europe, it was actually illegal for churches to include Mary's Magnificat huh. in their services because some of the continent's monarchs regarded it as subversive. Huh. They actually felt threatened by Mary's Magnificat in the same way that they felt threatened by the notes in the Geneva Bible by Calvin and Knox and others because they felt it was uh, threatening to their position. But Mary declares that the birth of her son means the overturning of the great powers of the world in terms of the word of God. And that spells bad news for rebels, uh, for for rebellious rulers and authorities. Usurpers. Uh, Exactly. So it so that the what gives us the sense of the glory and awe of both the incarnation, the Christmas message, and Easter, uh, the 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 death and the resurrection of the Lord, is the is that contrast right? It's mm-hmm. the it's the fact that mm-hmm. he, that he surrendered, uh, he submitted himself, he surrendered himself to uh, the Lord's will, to God, right. the Father's right. will, mm-hmm. in emptying himself, taking the nature of a servant, taking on our frail flesh. That's mm-hmm. the that's what makes us marvel at Christmas because you see the babe and you think of the babe in the manger and you think this is the almighty God, right. the all-powerful God who is uh, submitting himself to right. this. And the cross, the marvel is that there you see the, the Christ who could have called 12 legions of angels. That such was his power. Mm. Uh, he said so, uh, that 
that though he has the he has the power to lay down his life and he has the power to take it up again and he was willing to lay down his life in such a fashion mm-hmm. surrender himself to cruel death at the cross for the joy set before him he endured the cross despising the shame now if that's not the power of god made manifest i don't know what is mm-hmm. and it's in that moment that he strips all power and authority so Let's not lose the the wonder of that by trying to politicize uh, the cross or the incarnation in this crass sense Mm -hmm. that somehow the cross conveys some neo-Marxist message of of, um, Christians giving up all power, all cultural influence, all, um, all effort at transformation because the root of the, the, of the cross is somehow, um, uh, self-surrender and humiliation um it's not a manifestation of god's power and therefore you know that sh- that's what our posture should be i should remind us as well and I, d- I talk about this in the mission of god that none of us can go to the cross hmm. that's been done once for all the just for the unjust to bring us to god mm-hmm. our our calling is to surrender ourselves to the likewise to the will and purposes of god to take up the yoke. Um, yes, Scripture says to carry our cross. What does that mean? Well, we can offer no vicarious atonement for sin by mm-hmm. surrendering ourselves to evil. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, we are do- That is not our purview. There has been one sacrifice made, the just for the unjust, to bring us to God. There's one mediator between man and God, the man Jesus Christ. Our task is now to go in the authority and power that Christ gives us mm-hmm. in Matthew 28. That's right. All authority in heaven and earth, he says, is mine. Therefore, go and disciple and teach the nations. Mm -hmm. That's our calling. Not to act as though uh, we are able to um, vicariously suffer um, in the way that Christ suffered. No, the vicarious suffering has been done. Mm -hmm. And it's done by Jesus Christ himself once for all. That's a non-repeatable event. Our calling now, he went to the cross so that we didn't have to. Right. And our calling now is to be filled with the spirit of power so that mm-hmm. that message of the kingdom of God and the defeat of Satan, sin, death, the devil mm-hmm. can be made known and, and made manifest. Mm-hmm. Well, he didn't give us a spirit of fear. He gave us a spirit of power, of mm-hmm. love, and of sound mind. Yeah. And I think you, you hit on something there, Joe, that I think uh, we need to make really clear because there's a chasm of difference between Christ surrendering his will to the Father and Christ surrendering his power. And I think those are conflated a lot, and it certainly confuses many people, as I think Tim Keller's quote or tweet did yesterday. Yeah, that's a very, very good point. That that there is a um a serious error there made if we confuse Christ's submission to the will of his father, his willingness to lay down his life, his authority, his right, his self stated right, and power to lay his life down. And the notion that he was some sort of powerless victim mm-hmm. giving up his power. No, it was in fact the very manifestation of his power that he laid his life down to take it up again. And uh, we can, it's not that we shouldn't acknowledge that the the, the gospel has political implications. Uh Mm-hmm. <laughs> nobody reinforces that more than we do uh the problem is is that keller and others like him uh deduce the completely the wrong uh implications right. 
for political life yeah. from the gospel of the kingdom. Um, it is not a message of the collapse of Christ's power. It is instead the manifestation of his power and glory yeah. over the nations. I, I absolutely love what um, uh, Herman Doiverd says about this. Uh, it's probably a good place to, to, to conclude my remarks on, on this, sub, this particular subject today. I was wondering when you were gonna, how you were going to work Doiverd into this. <laughs> <laughs> There's always a way. <laughs> um, because he, I think he gets really to the to the heart of this this problem and the way that there's there's a danger in which, as we've just seen with that tweet um, and that kind of opinion that's out there, that we actually misuse what the Bible says about power, and then from that develop a completely erroneous way of approaching culture uh, and 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 draw erroneous conclusions. Um, and so I'm going I'm to quote from uh, Roots of Western Culture, uh, where Doiverd says this, and I'm, I'm quoting now. Many equate power with brute force. Today, many Christians misled by this identification consider it unchristian to strive for the consolidation of power in organizations that aim at applying Christian principles to society. Now, I'm going to pause there and just say that's exactly the point, right, is that mm -hmm. what this mm -hmm. tweet is driving at uh, and what those who pick up on that motif tend to be driving at is that very idea. Mm -hmm. okay? And this, uh, this irony is not lost on the gospel writers, just to jump in there for a second. You know, we ha Jesus had among his disciples people who are self-identified as zealots. Mm -hmm. you know, we've got people who thought, are you, who asked him, are you, are you going to overthrow the Romans now? Mm -hmm. right. But there, there, is, there is an irony. There is, the king has come, it came in a, in a way and in a form that they didn't expect. Mm -hmm. Yes. Uh, they weren't expecting a universal empire of Christ. Mm -hmm. They weren't expecting a cosmic kingdom. Um, there was still an expectation of a Israel-centric right. Jewish Israelite kingdom. And that's what had to be exploded. Um, so going on with Doiverd here, uh, so um, people consider, he says, unchristian to strive for the consolidation of power in organizations that aim at applying Christian principles to society. They believe that power may play no part among Christians, especially theologians in Bart's circle. Interesting. So he mm. identifies this with neo-orthodoxy, which is also mm. one of the core roots of this idea. Um, so he says, especially the uh, theologians in Bart's circle view the state as half demonic, uh, uh, as a half demonic being because of its organization of power. Christians may speak of love and justice with an unburdened conscience, but as soon as power comes into their purview, they have probably lent their ears to the devil. Right, I'm just going to pause there again. You see how he's picking up, picking up on this theme that somehow, yes, love and justice, that's all good. Generous justice, love, justice, these kind of themes, but not power. Don't let power come into the purview, otherwise you've lent your, lent your ears to Satan. He goes on. Such opinions indicate that the creation motive of the Christian religion has retreated from the worldview of these Christians. As a result, these Christians can no longer understand humankind's fall and redemption through Jesus Christ in its full scriptural significance. The unbiblical impact of their view becomes apparent when we recall that God reveals himself as the creator in the original fullness of power. God is almighty. 
At creation, God charged mankind with the cultural mandate, subdue the earth and have dominion over it. Throughout history, God reveals himself as the Almighty. Because of the fall, the position of power to which God called humankind in the development of culture became directed toward apostasy. But Christ Jesus, the Redeemer, revealed himself as the possessor of power in the full sense of the word. All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me, says the risen Lord. He charged his apostles to proclaim the power of the gospel among the nations. Power is not brute force. It is rooted in creation and contains nothing demonic. Jesus Christ explicitly called himself the ruler of the kings of the earth. He even summoned the sword power of governments to his service, for all power in heaven and on earth was given to him. Only sin can place power in the service of the demonic. But this holds for every good gift of God, for life, feeling, thinking, justice, beauty, and so forth. Insofar as power has been entrusted to human beings as creatures, it is always cultural. It implies a historical calling and task of formation for which the bearer of power is responsible and of which she must give account. I think that's just an absolutely brilliant statement mm-hmm. um, because it, uh, it goes to the, the very root of a fundamental misunderstanding. And I think that these sorts of, um, these sorts of tweets, those sorts of conversations uh, fall prey to that error. It, there's a, it, again, it's that radical disjunction that we've attacked before between creation and redemption mm-hmm. and the failure to recognize that they stand in historical continuum. Mm-hmm. There, there's a, there's a, there's a continuity there, and the all of us have been given power by God, and it's only sin that can misdirect our exercise of power and authority. And the exa- the and the answer is not to abandon power right. and authority mm-hmm. in culture, mm-hmm. and say, oh, you know, uh, let's reinterpret the cross and say that, that the Christian life and the gospel is all about the surrender of all power. Uh, No, it's about the right use of power in submission to the Father through the power of the Holy Spirit. Yeah, thanks, Joe. Well, we've uh, we parked on that uh, that question for a while. I think with uh, with good reason. Mm -hmm. I hope that was helpful to uh, to spend the time on that uh, that twenty word tweet. But uh, as you say, like there there are potentially very insidious interpretations of this that. that are finding a ready audience, so it's uh, it's certainly worth it to uh, to take the time to to dwell on it. Well, we don't want the the message of Christmas of the incarnation mm-hmm. and of the cross to to be turned to militate mm-hmm. against the calling that we've been given. Right. Um, it would be bizarre indeed if if the if the message of the gospel uh, of of the cross itself runs in absolute contradiction to the great commission that Jesus gave mm-hmm. us mm-hmm. Uh, in, mm-hmm. in 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 cultural life, um, and I think the the wonder of this season as we sort of take a take time now as as families to reflect on and think about the glory of Christ, the glory of the gospel, the mm-hmm. marvel of our redemption and salvation is in this is in this contrast of the Almighty, the All Powerful. Uh, the omnipotent God who created all things, um, God the Son, 
manifest fully, as Paul says, um, the entire fullness of God's nature dwells bodily mm. in Christ. Mm-hmm. And you have been filled by him who is the head over every ruler and authority. Mm-hmm. There's the mm-hmm. connection for us, right? Yeah. It's there in Colossians 2.10. Mm-hmm. The incarnation we celebrate, the fullness of God's nature dwells bodily in this baby, right? in the Christ. What a, what a marvel. What a wonder, what a total mystery. Mm -hmm. Uh, And you have been filled by him Mm -hmm. who is the head over every ruler and authority. Mm -hmm. And that brings together, I think, for us, the significance of the incarnation, the death of the Lord Jesus Christ and his ascension and our cultural calling as God's people to go out in the power of the spirit Mm -hmm. to bring all things into subjection as well to, 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 participate i should mm-hmm. say in christ's bringing of all things into subjection right. to himself as the writer of hebrews says right we're his ambassadors and we're yep. sent out in his power that's right mm-hmm. amen amen well we're gonna uh, we're gonna leave it there for for this episode and uh for this uh, this time as i said we're uh, taking a couple of weeks uh away from new episodes here for christmas Enjoy your Christmas break. Mm-hmm. Uh, celebrate with uh, celebrate loudly. Celebrate with loved ones. We really look forward to seeing you again in the new year. We remind you now as ever that from Him and through Him and to Him are all things. God be all glory and all power. <laughs>